Oh, we didn't even say happy birthday to Michael. That's all right. Happy birthday to Michael. (laughs) Why, thank you. Muting every single channel. I mean, it's kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you're in a bunch of channels, good And luck. then if you get a direct message, it still makes noise, too. Sure, yeah. Yeah, that's the really... I'm, I'm just checking all my settings. Uh, I, I feel like if you should be able to set... Like, they turn on their little streamer mode, you know, because I have OBS open and it detects that OBS is open. Hey, does that maybe mean that I don't want you to be, like, making beepy booby noises all the time? It's like, no, definitely. Exactly, dude. Sad clown horn. That's exactly how it is. They added a soundboard? Okay, well, I mean, (laughs) I mean, that's good, probably. There is a big button in the settings that says disable all notifications. I have that pushed. It doesn't do anything. Andy is just like the SFX guy today. I don't even know what to say to that. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. All right. Bang it out. They say it like they say, right? Could put video games in here, but do we even need to? What even is Mm. it? You know what I should do real quick is um, plug in my phone and have it farm Yanlong while we're talking. There you go. Uh, Welcome to We Were Gamers. This is episode 390, I think. Yeah, I numbered the last one, so I know. Wow. Good job, me, remembering that off the cuff. I really want to um, pat myself on the back for that. But as you heard, that's Andy. I'm here. Back from assignment. And uh, mm-hmm. Michael over there. Hey, everybody. Did we all get our scripts um, are from the NFL before this podcast? Uh, I'm still waiting on my PSYOP uh, checks to clear. But I, I'm sure they're coming. <laughs> uh, did everyone enjoy the uh, the game? I mean, how could you enjoy three extremely boring quarters of football punctuated by a like surprisingly entertaining halftime show? Yeah, the, the, the halftime show was definitely nostalgia for people of our generation. I think I had a revelation several years ago when... They had the halftime show in L.A. that was produced by Dr. Dre. And I was like, oh, I have entered the demographic now that people yeah. are pandering to. It's not Mick Jagger yep. or you or you shit, two. Right? <laughs> and like, you know, obviously it had been trending that way. But like they did one several years ago that was Prince. And I'm like, yeah, OK, that's before me. But also, like, I get it. I understand his music. He's very popular, like well loved, like a you know generational guy. And then like. You know, when that one hit, I was like, oh, no, no, no. I am now the target demographic. And it's not like, you know, bordering on me. They're aiming directly <laughs> at mm-hmm. me. Yeah, we've got about 10 more years. It, God willing, uh, we have that <laughs> long. You know, it, it, hopefully the world doesn't uh, devolve into the like the uh, the spice wars or something uh, before that. <laughs> Just men of advertising. Taylor, Taylor will see us through it. Uh, 
I just meant yeah. advertising. Uh, but yeah, yeah ad, if, if I mean, bananas there's are... going to be the ad. There's going to be the ad wars. There's going to be the water wars. There's going to be the spice wars. It's all coming. Don't worry. Uh, I mean, if bananas are ten dollars by then, then it, shoot, man. Uh, what's the? Is that the the parks or no? Uh, the Arrested Development joke, right? Like, yeah, it's one banana, Michael. What could it cost? Ten dollars. Yeah, but the XKCD things the this yeah, week mathematically says down. we have a hundred hundred years before they're ten dollars. Banana. Uh, yeah, I, but you know what? The way some of these things are going, I don't know if I would bet on it taking that long. Yeah, his uh, inflation calculation was based on normal inflation, right? Uh, yeah, not not uh the the inflation needs of greedy capitalism so i don't i don't know where i'm going with any of this but you guys enjoy the game do we i mean you know i had a nice whatever the outcome was michael got to see me um hope for about eight minutes that i was about to get six hundred dollars but it was so close we were all pulling for you (laughs) man i noticed when that happened like your numbers were like so close yeah they were there they were happening uh all san francisco had to do was play defense and win the game uh unfortunately though yeah but how many how many years now is that in the last five that all the team had to has had to do is play defense against the chiefs it's and like not just like i don't understand like the super bowl either like in every playoff game yeah. feels. it's like they get mentally tired as as much as physically and they just completely forget that Mahomes is just gonna run it like I don't know I think it was Tony Romo even that was like it was fourth and one what play did you think they were gonna call why did you let him run up the middle yeah yeah and I was like yeah everybody in the building knows on a fourth and one it's it's a Mahomes keeper like what are we doing well, so actually, I, I do want to push a little bit back on that. I know uh, they don't frequently run like the tush push style keepers. No, 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 no. But Not yeah, he does. Do a, it's like always a, design, a it's a draw. A it's always a draw. Kind of yeah. 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 Like an RPO draw kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you're you're correct, though. It is. I mean, they're probably better for not relying on tush pushes. Even if they don't get outlawed, they're going to have a quarterback that can play for another five years extra yeah that's certainly uh a concern i imagine uh not among the owners minds though i'm sure the owners are looking to ban it just because they find it distasteful in terms of ratings or something yeah who cares Uh, yeah i don't know i i felt like by the end of the season sort of everyone had figured it out and it was like okay this isn't actually like as great as everyone thought it was at the beginning of the season right so that's kind of how it always goes fair yeah someone rolls something out and everybody takes a, a while to figure it out and then we're back to status quo that's a great transition michael speaking of taking a while to figure things out and eventually getting back to the status quo andrew you have finally caught up with michael and i in having read a book that i think i read in high school I mean, it would have come out around then. I think it was late 90s. Yeah, maybe it wasn't high school. Maybe I didn't read it until college. But uh, so you read those. Did you finish the books all the way before you finished the show? Uh, We're talking about His Dark Materials, the books by Philip Pullman. Yes. Uh, So His Dark Materials trilogy. The trilogy. I have not read the compendium story about Lyra when she's in 
Oxford learning to read things and having another adventure. Um, oh, you read that one too? No, I was going to say that's fine that you did not read it. Oh. <laughs> uh, I started season one and we talked about on this podcast um, right. how I had read book one and I was about to read season one or watch season one and then they they started retooling how the story was going to work. And I was like, I should probably stop because they're in another world and doing all sorts of things that I haven't seen. Spoilers? I guess we should warn. Spo- spoilers for books from the 30 90s. Year, 30 year, almost, <laughs> nah, 20, 20 year old book. Let's round up or round down okay. or whatever. 20 year old books. Uh, so I stopped and I finished the books before read, watching the rest of the show. Okay. And now you have completed both. Which puts me ahead of Michael, I think. Wait, is that true? Michael, you didn't watch the last season? Oh, I haven't. I've only watched the first two episodes of the first season. What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> but I've it's read right. the book so many times, it's, it's fine. It's all right. There's not much that changes. I mean, there's a lot that changes, but... I honestly, after watching the show, think that it is like one of the best examples of how a show can become a second draft. I totally agree with you, Andrew. I was going to say it is a great adaptation of the books, right? They yeah. didn't try. They tried to. They tried to remain true to the stuff that was important and the stuff that wasn't. They're like, all right, like, what if we get some more screen time for these people over here? You know, Mm -hmm. season three, especially towards the end, is a bit of a mess of just like, um, dust is good and bad and people are fighting and no one really knows what's important. So they're fighting over nothing and war's bad and... (laughs) It it just sort of, it just kind of uh, was like, um, we need to skip a lot of this stuff like about, I mean, she does find her death, but like the rest of the story around, you know how like she went to the underworld and figured out how other other people were hanging out with their deaths and like the symbolism of the fact that now she knows her death is around her all the time. Mm -hmm. That stuff kind of falls off pretty quickly. The... Religiousness doesn't get dropped, but definitely like the once once Coulter once they they escape from that little um inlet island or whatever they were hiding on. Yeah, that little and, like hideaway house. Yeah, the hideaway house. The religious stuff kind of falls behind, right? Like the I don't know. The, they def the show definitely doesn't go as hard against organized religion as the books. No, right? and it and it leaves off a lot of the it starts to leave off a lot of the back backdoor dealings and like how the different it definitely doesn't go into like, okay, well this consistorial court is like better than the oblation board and this one is like actually has more power and these people are vying for power and all that sort of stuff is just kinda like well in the books, it's just kind of immaterial, actually. So maybe we just leave that out. Yeah, it's like you could see they like if they wanted to do a different show, right, than the one that they made, and they wanted to make like 
you know, a Game of Thrones style, like political intrigue show, that show could be there for them in those pages. Mm -hmm. But they didn't want to do that. They wanted to to tell the story the books tell. And you kind of got to leave that stuff. I had to in the TV adaptation when you don't have time. Right. I had to go back and like really look at at pictures of all the characters because it is really amazing. Um, towards the end of that show, how much older they make everyone look. Like, Lyra's the same actress, but she looks like a kid, a straight-up kid at the beginning of that show, and by the end, you're like, huh, she's a grown woman. How'd that happen? Um, it's symbolic, right? You know? There's yeah. also several years in between the filming, but 100% it is them, like, you know, makeup and clothing and, you know, doing the Hollywood, well, I guess, BBC, I don't know. Anyway, whoever doing the like, you know, intentional letting them grow, you know. Yeah. 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 yeah and just like the um like I think that Michael you said in the books um Mary's story kind of drifts off and like in a book it's actually kind of fun to read about the Mulefa and their stories and the uh, things that attack them that are kind of like seagulls and all that stuff. Yeah, it's uh it's out there. It's out there. It's really out there and it's whatever it is in the books. I'm not really quite certain. In this one she just sort of picks up a piece of amber and is like, "Oh, I can see dust." Yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> You know, they take away the, like, weird body geometry from the books where, like, the legs don't match up with anything that would actually make any physical sense for evolution. And they just have the animals have four regular legs and um, skip a lot of that story. And they just sort of, like, jump back to her every once in a while to remind you she's just sort of waiting around for Lyra to show up. Which, I mean, is what she's doing in the books, right? I mean, it's, it's not wrong. But, you know, you get all this other stuff to sort of keep you engaged with the character in that world. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, it's a lot of, like, her her story is just a lot of inner self-discovery, right? She's in her head a lot of it, which doesn't always translate really well to a show. It doesn't in the show. And they do a decent job because in a show, you can show a character being introspective by showing a flashback. So, like, yep. you had to understand yep. in the book that Mary's journey was for her to start to think about her life and be, be ready to tell the kids these stories so she could quote unquote play the serpent about like introducing them to the concept that they could love each other or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she has to introspect about all this stuff in a book with herself as a character versus like when she's telling a story you can just what they do is flash back and be like, "Oh, look at this instance where she, you know, went to a thing and discovered she yeah. might not want to be a nun, and here's why." And four, four chapters is thirty seconds of screen time, and yeah. now you have to do yeah. something else, right? Which is, I really think, you know, very much uh, to the advantage of the show in some cases. Yeah, it lets them then explore other stuff, right? Like other. Not just aspects of the story, but like other things going on with the other characters that we didn't necessarily get to see as much of in the books, right? Yeah. Poor Lee, man. They did him dirty twice. Yeah. (laughs) Two times. Oh, they don't, they don't get a fun ending like they do in the book. They just sort of fade away. 
you know, like in the book, how the they go fight the specters. All the spirits can go fight the specters before they disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, that doesn't happen. It's very um, loosey goosey how that battle works at the end. Uh they freed him. It's good. Yeah, you know. Well, you know, the the witches are fighting the specters and the angels, and there's like a bazillion witches, but there's also only like three. Yeah, you know. It's they never really messy. told us how many witches there were, which is <laughs> they definitely play around with. <laughs> yeah. I I liked um both. I think that the books have more reusability. Like if I wanted to do something, I'd go back and read the books instead of watching the show probably. Yeah. Um yep. especially cuz the show gets kind of bogged down toward in the um uh, Chitagatse area with the um, the character they used to replace what's his name Charles I think I think his name is still Charles though but he plays a different role anyway yeah I, I remember what you're talking about Andrew yeah yeah it's um, yeah I, I think I agree with you there I think it's good though I really do believe like Game of Thrones could have really learned something as a show, right? Um, By watching the ending and then seeing how you end a show or... Yeah, and then really (laughs) reworking like a lot of things. I don't think that... I don't think people would have tolerated removing and rearranging as much as this did. Like, they they really rearranged a lot in um, the first... Well, maybe the second season even more than the first... They sort of, uh, if you take the peaks and valleys of the first two books, I would say they sort of take a like flattener and sort of flatten the first book and the beginning of the second book into each other and then roll it out like a fine pastry, you know? And I don't know really kind of what they do for the, the second book and the third book, but it's definitely there's a lot of combining that's happening early on and then. I guess later they don't re- they sort of follow the story a little more, I guess. I think and correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, but uh, maybe you see it differently. I think Lord Asriel is the least explained, least pitiable character of all time. I mean, he def- they definitely never really uh they never show his cards, right? You're never quite sure what he's doing or what his ultimate motivations are. He just is heck bent on destroying the authority. He has no moral compass that I can discern. He has no motivation to be doing what he's doing other than righteousness. I don't get it. I don't get what he's supposed to stand in for. I had a really tough time, especially when you get an actor like James McAvoy to jump in and he's like, got no backstory. Like they, he clearly didn't have like a backstory and he runs around like a Looney Tune sometimes. And then he's not in season two at all. Yep. Yeah. Really strange. it It is wild in the like, you would think Asriel's motivations and as like the stuff that Asriel is doing would be like one of the things to yeah. add more to in an adaptation like this. 
and they just don't. I, you, I just wonder, is it like maybe the author didn't have that and like didn't have a plan for it? You know, had obviously had ultimate plans think, for the character. I think a lot of the book is based around the idea that you're going to experience stuff as Lyra or Will experiences it. Right. And so like when you jump back in and you see York Bjornison later on and you're like, whoa, what happened? Why is the kingdom moved? What you know, what's going on? You're kind of taken mm-hmm. aback by what has happened to them. Um, and I get that a little bit with Asriel in the first book, but then by the third book, you're supposed to be like following what Asriel's doing and he has all these crazy machines he's inventing every three seconds. Gyrocopters and yeah, the like he's the, like jumping the between invention realities, machine, the intention machine and all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still liked it. I just. Uh, there's some unevenness and I don't think it's just from the show. Oh, yeah. The books are – the thing that struck me the most about the books when I read them was like what a critique of religion was going on in the third book. Like he does not lay it – like he lays it very plain, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like what he thinks about organized religion. And, you know, obviously I saw it as allusions to Catholicism given that's the tradition I come from. But it's entirely possible he's just laying it on on all organized religions. There. I really think that these days, I mean, it's it's structured after Catholicism, but these days you'd probably totally. lay it at the feet of evangelicals more than Catholics. I think you can. I mean, I think his critiques probably apply to organized religion as a whole, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, it, I, I haven't read any interviews with the author, but I feel pretty confident saying he would agree with that. Uh, and, and the show doesn't necessarily carry all of that spirit. Um, you know, no one wants to go to a theology lecture. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think they're good. I think it's books people should read. You know, they're good, uh, good stories and and fun reads. So, Andy, I'm, I'll I'll apologize in advance, but I think to to round out the last of your experience, you have to go back and watch the movie. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> the golden compass movie just just to see you were saying that it uh that it it felt like an experience where they used the tv show to be a second draft of the books yeah let me tell you the tv show is a third draft no and the second draft they got wrong well I think they. Okay. I think the first movie was a rough draft, and then they didn't let them edit it. <laughs> Look at this cast. That could be. That could be. Oh, I know. Oh I know. yeah. Oh, I know. Andrew, <laughs> that movie. I saw that movie at the Ian time. Ian McKellen. I know. You think like that works? They got two Ians in here. Ian McShane. I, I, I saw the movie at the time, and I just remember going like, "This is so weird." Like the whole way through. <laughs> yeah. Man, the Google questions, if you type in just Golden Compass, are why didn't the Golden Compass have a sequel? Is this yeah. the Golden Compass 2? Is his Dark Materials a prequel to the Golden Compass? Is the Golden Compass part of Narnia? Ugh. Wow. <laughs> tell me, That's a tell lot me of. You don't read. Tell me you don't read books without telling me you don't read books. A lot of bad questions in a row. I feel like that last question, if you held a magnet near C.S. Lewis's grave, 
you could generate electrical sparks with how fast he's rolling in there. Because that is just like, man. Wow. Theologically, can... like the opposite, not even the opposite corners of the building, like opposite sides of the country. I can't even make it up, man. You can't make it up. That's crazy. Uh, kids, uh, go reread the Chronicles of Narnia and then read these books and then, you know, think a little bit and you'll see they're not really very alike. <laughs> Might be on HBO Max. So that's, that's where I streamed his Dark Materials from. That shouldn't be a hard find. Yeah, the show is worth watching, right? I think like I people think that absolutely. are fans of the books should, should Even totally if, watch it. Yeah. I think if you don't want to read the books, you'd be fine just watching the show. There's not that much it, that changed. And it explains enough, right? Like, yeah, you we yeah. talked about all the stuff that was missing, but like they give you enough to give you a good story for what yeah. what they're telling. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Uh well, you know, there's some other stuff that is a big story. And because you know what kind of podcast this is, you know what we're going to talk about next. Not video games. N Wait. Are phone games video games, Andrew? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about phone games a little bit because there was an update. And finally, it has brought back, I think, one of the things, uh, an update for cotc we should say <gasps> the black screen the, the black start screens back uh no you're talking about champions of the continent yeah yeah I'm, I'm sorry the black start screen is not back i why do they hate my eyes i spent i spent thousands of dollars getting them repaired for this beautiful sightseeing adventure for the rest of my life and now they want to sear my retinas with another laser amount of white screen brightness we can only hope that when we get to uh celestia they go back to dark i don't know please hopefully hopefully they give us something yeah please let us pick you know oh, yeah, yeah sure you there you go it. uh however uh an update came in and they got back to one of the things that i think has been la lacking recently in this game and they put out another arena champion. You guys, I have really liked all the arena fights. They are uh, they are fun puzzles to solve. I don't like Largo. I like the rest of them. Uh, I didn't like Largo very much either, Andrew, to be fair with you. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I soldiered through and we got it. <laughs> didn't win any awards, certainly. <laughs> uh, didn't do that race uh, at the time. Uh, but now there is the new champion Hammy and there's the new race. And I want to hear, have you guys, uh, undertaken it? Have you, do you have interest in it? What's your, what's your plan? The, the, the strategy and stuff for the arena has been like some of my favorite stuff in this game. Yeah, I was, uh, I think I was a little surprised when they first announced the race that the, the top tier of it was um unlike the previous arena races when they first come out the highest tier was to win the fight with a mix of four and five stars and that's usually a they don't usually have a condition for four and five stars it's usually just like time-based right like win in x turns or something like that 
Yes, that is what it has been in the past when they have released a, a race with a new arena. I wonder, do you think they're worried that we're they're power creeping themselves so hard that if they just did time, like everyone would be able to do it? I think part of it with this fight, just the way that it's structured, is that it's not as much of it's not as much of a fight that's going to drag out because the the HP pools of the three characters you're fighting against aren't any one of them is not as big as the previous arena fights, right? Yeah, I mean Largo has like what some ridiculous millions, two million or something, like some really so high mil, mil and a half that you have to chew through, right? And that's going to take a lot of turns. And so the trick to that is figuring out, you know, how do you skip a phase and how do you chew through that big number? Whereas with the Hammy fight, you can actually take out Hammy herself pretty easily. That's not the that's not the game of the, of this fight. Yeah, like if you line up all your nukes when she's broken and not covered, you can just uh, like you could annihilate her like from the face of the earth. <laughs> it's not hard. Like two or three really good sized nukes in one of her weaknesses and she's probably just dead. Yeah, but if you do that first, things are going to go sideways for you really fast. Yeah, so the the mechanic of the fight um for those who don't know is you know, a hammy is there, but she is uh, backed up. I don't know. They're in front of her, covered by two uh, additional fighters. One is sort of like a physical based fighter. One is sort of a magic based fighter. And the gimmick is that they're constantly protecting her, right? So you can't uh-huh. just get at Hammy's HP and shields. Got it. I haven't done the fight yet, um, and all of this is valuable because I lack what has become an essential part of the game apparently going forward, which is Tatlock. I, I disagree the essentiality of it, but I think there is a, a factor that her, her strengths line up very strongly with this fight in that all the characters are weak to fan and two thirds of them are weak to wind. Right. Uh, which happened to be the, the zones that she plays in. Yeah, and Harley's not a great alternative, let's say. Uh, he's not the worst, but he's not the best, let's say, for sure. Uh, you know, if you want to bring uh, wind nuking, I'm sure if you have Odette or something, you would much prefer to be doing that, right? I don't have her either. I got Tiki and Harley and, you know, it, I got I've the speed se- I've seen people, people have said they have done the clears with Tiki Len and Harley and uh you know the like non tatlock and non um sonia bargello rosters so it must be possible i think mm-hmm. glossom is used quite frequently cuz he has aoe fan attacks oh really yeah he has a he has a one hit but it also uh it knocks down physical defense so it's a, oh, it's a pretty go. good uh, yeah it's a good use case and of course uh primrose ex is just like unbelievably good at everything uh her debuffs especially especially in this fight where she has lightning moves and both of the ads are weak to lightning uh similarly your boy (laughs) yep uh your boy cyrus uh also very good for that same reason he has a bunch of lightning moves and sometimes it is really beneficial to be able to uh of course bargello hits both dagger who has uh one of the ads has a dagger weakness and wind 
who uh, the other two adds have wind weaknesses. So you can see why he's really useful. Um, uh, it, and I think the the thing that I really had to learn yeah, after doing the fight a few times and sort of getting my my butt stomped was that uh, sometimes you know you don't you don't always need <laughs> to be pumping out maximum damage. Actually, hmm, I don't know about that. Uh, this this fight punishes you if you try to do that. Oh no! So there's there are mechanics that develop later in the fight, right? Just like all these things as the as the fight goes on. Uh, there are mechanics that develop that will if you hit the wrong person with the wrong sort of attack, they'll counter you, right? Okay. And it's all very clearly said. It's like you know they'll get you know elemental counter or physical counter or whatever. Uh, and so then you got to be. Especially if your characters are faster, if your characters are faster than them, that avoids that problem to some respect, right? You'll go before they go. You'll see their counters go up. Then you next turn, you just don't do that. You're you're good to go. Right. The problem is once thing, you know, as the fights go on, sometimes your speed decreases for various reasons. Your buffs wear off, things of that nature. And then it's like, well, now I have to be really careful that these people acting here at the end don't get got. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh and let me tell you uh andrew after my clear i was telling michael uh turns out that my uh strategy is not the most stable let's say uh not repeatable huh i have not been able to repeat the clear uh oh, no on, on video <laughs> which is important oh double no <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what i said yeah it's a, it's a big problem uh also like there's 150 rubies if you can clear her the first time I... in, the, in the uh the log yeah. which is the same difficulty as the arena. So I want to do it anyway. I mean, it's rubies, right? Um, I have I to say have I'm very, I'm happy with them. For that. Oh, first. oh, we have another week. Uh, I have to yeah. say I'm very happy with them continuing to do these types of things. I really wish they would do them monthly. Give us like an achievable thing to do monthly that just isn't game related. You know, like I get it when Hammy comes out or a, a tournament comes out or a new thing comes out that they're going to give you in-game rewards to do the thing or whatever. But like this idea of, hey, show us that like people out there are playing the game and doing fun things like trying to beat, you know, like at this point you could probably be like, hey, do Tiki Land with all three stars, you know, like that's not a thing in the game, but they could do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go nuts. Yeah, I wish they would do especially, more of this stuff. Especially some of the older fights. I bet that they could be like, you know, show us how fast you could do Gertrude or yeah, yeah Tiki Lin, right? It's like, I bet some of those fights could be over in like three turns, two turns yeah. for the people that spend tons of money, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be cool. I'd want to try it. Yeah, Glossom. I know Glossom was down to two turns months ago. I saw I, a two-turn Glossom clear several months ago. I saw a three-turn Ritu this morning. Jesus. Yeah. And I think it was a marked GEP, so it's not even that bad. You probably have all the characters. Yeah, the... Uh... <laughs> The other thing that came out in this uh, update, which I think has been overshadowed by the the Hammy tournament, is they added a bunch of EX fights for some of the um, uh, the harder characters, and then they also added another floor on the Elite Tower. Uh, 
haven't seen a lot of people moving on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's the same urgency because there's not the there's not the reward tied to this one that there was to the other one. That first fight had a thousand guide stones tied to it if you beat it in the first month that it was out, three weeks that it was out. I didn't. Oh, I'm right. really having a tough time motivating myself on towers. It's just so the load times are so long. They're so repeatable. You know, it's just the elite tough. tower is just one floor, man. You don't have to load in and out of that a bunch. Yeah, that's um, true. But the the other ones, I get it. Yeah, I'm uh, not good at continuing to do all of them. Yeah, my my complaint with the elite tower is the same long-standing one about saving teams. Oh yeah, right. I can't save a loadout. Yeah, and just swap it in when I'm when I'm ready to take on a fight. It saves your one team, but you need more than one team to get through those. Yeah, the whereas at least the job towers like saving the team makes sense. You're only going to have so many of a single class, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm shaking my head over here, but yeah. That's... Yeah, but the, the job one, you make the team and then you're done, right? Like, if it can beat five, it can generally beat all the others. Well, but... That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's a bummer that you need, like, four or five teams to beat the elite towers, and they don't give you any way to set those teams up in advance or anything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which you need to do because you can't, like, accidentally use the wrong accessory on the wrong person early. Then it's not there for your later team when you need it, right? At least that tower doesn't reset, so you really can just grind it out week after week after week if you want. But it is it is pain, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we have belabored the uh, COTC to death here, folks. Thank you for uh, coming on. Uh, that little journey with us. Uh, what else we got going on in the world of phone games, Andrew? Oh, you know, I tried to play Apple Arcade over the last... I was on my phone a lot over the last couple of days. I was like, um, you know, try this Apple Arcade out again. I'll go back and play that Shinsekai um, Metroidvania game I talked about a while ago and see if it was any good without a controller because I didn't have it with me. Um, turns out Apple Arcade is pulling a, uh, Disney plus on us and, uh, they delisted stuff and I still had Shinsekai kind of installed on my phone. Like there's an install, but offloaded some files button to save space. Mm-hmm. And, um, no, it just doesn't run. Even if you could download it again, which you can't, they just, um, not available anymore which is weird it's it it's not exactly apple arcade exclusive because it's um it's on the switch but it's also not available on steam or iphone or android or anything else wow so they really just had some kind of deal specifically for some amount of time with that service and then it was done and they pulled it huh yeah, or Apple pulled it or whatever to save money. I I don't know like what's up with that and why why it got pulled. But it makes you wonder about like big name games like Fantasian or other things eventually just sort of not being able to move to other services. I don't know. Yeah. 
I think that's certainly a concern. There have been a couple of those Apple Arcade exclusive games from the early times that have shown up on Steam, at least, I've seen. I know mm-hmm. Grindstone is on Steam now. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I don't know about all of them. I, certainly, I, mean, I'm not, I can't keep track of what all of them were, right? Right, yeah. And I can't find anywhere in, out there that's talking about it coming to Steam or any news or anything. It just seems to like Capcom has just been like, no, it's gone. And we're done with that. Like, oh. All right, Capcom. I think the I think the like rotating library stuff and the, you know, loss of things on platforms, you know, and, and services is like that's kind of a topic these days, right? I mean, movies rotate in and out of your various Netflixes and Hulus and stuff all the time. That's just sort of the way those things work. Yeah. Game Pass adds and deletes things all the time, right? Sure. Or maybe uh, a lot they have of like those, a cadence. I'm not sure, but yeah, a monthly cadence. A lot of those make sense because they're on other services, right? Like it's not like they're just offlining stuff. Like that's why I called it the Disney Plus move, right? Because Disney Plus just took Willow away. It, Disney vaulted it. Boom, gone. It's not like it's going to go to net. Well, it could. It could go to Netflix. You know, maybe that's the way they think they could make money later. Send it off to other services. But um, I mean, that's been what Max has been doing recently, right? They have taken shows that they've created for that. Yeah, that so platform. Band of Brothers is memory- on Netflix. Yep, have, and they've memory hold them, right? Though, like some of their animated shows are just gone now that you can't find anywhere. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, definitely. So it's sad to see the uh, service that you know you at least liked uh, the first time you tried it. I remember. Yeah, I think it was one of those things that I thought could be high value to people that want to play on their phone. But eventually, to me, it became kind of low, low tier in terms of what you got for your money. It's not very much money per month. Uh, They upped it, I think, to seven bucks a month now. And it's part of a lot of people, I think, get the overall iCloud, like Apple. They just have an Apple One service thing, right? Just like overall, buy, okay. buy all Apple, buy stuff all, buy the increased storage space, buy the music app, buy the this, buy the that for a monthly flat fee, and it includes arcade, which is cool that people would be able to just play a lot of high quality games for free. Um, but I don't know that I would seek it out as a service as a gamer, gamer, right? I got gotcha. you. Well, that's that's a it's a sad end. Hopefully, the the service continues to be or you know does some good stuff in the future. But yeah, I know you weren't here uh, last week, Andrew. But I have to get your opinions on what seems to be me being back on my bullshit. Okay, because I'm playing another Yakuza game. <laughs> <laughs> I I listened to the podcast last week. Uh, Okay. uh, It makes me continue to think, why have I not started in on the Game Pass thing of playing all the Yakuza's? Yeah, right there. Yakuza 0 is one of the best ones, too. Like, it's so good. Yeah, let's see. Just, like, running around that town in the 80s and, like, grabbing handfuls of money and throwing them into the air. Like, (laughs) what a great, man, that game. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Then you, uh, then you have to like rip off your shirt to fight people in the street because because that's what you do. I don't see. Yeah, zero is on here. 
for Game Pass. I don't see... I see Like a Dragon, but I don't see the new Like a Dragon on here. I have to sneeze. Hold so on. So the, the most <laughs> recent one, uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, I don't believe is on Game Pass. Oh. I believe all the others are. Gotcha. So the, uh-huh. there's Yakuza 0, and then Yakuza 1 through 6, and then Like a Dragon, Like a Dragon colon Yakuza, which is 7. <laughs> and then infinite wealth, which is eight. Let's see the. Well, what about the man the who lost his name or whatever? I don't know if that is or not. Um, it's it is, is it called story? Yakuza Gaiden or is it Yakuza's like a dragon it, Gaiden? It is called like a dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. Oh, here it is. Yeah, it's on here too. Okay, if you search for like a dragon, you should be able to find those two or three, whichever ones are on there. What's the What's the order nowadays? If you're going to ask me what order you should play the games, I think there's two options, right? Either you play in the quote-unquote release order, which yeah. doesn't exist because you can't play the original versions of those those games, like the, you have the to PS1 play the and the PS2 remade versions, right? Right, and the remade versions do have allusions to stuff because they're fan service a little bit. Oh. Um, so, you know, you would play like... Uh, Yakuza Kiwami 1, Kiwami 2, and then probably 0, and then 3, 4, 5, Oof. 6, or something like that. It, okay. it would go in that order. Um, If it was me redoing it from the start, I would probably start with, with 0 and go straight to 8, like just in order. Just Just take it as the story comes. Yeah, you you don't need to do the uh, the one in like old West Japan, and you you probably do want to do the man who erased his name, but it's not strictly required. I think. Of course, yeah. now we're talking like four hundred hours of RPGs. I have and, time for that. You know. Oh sure. Oh okay. Uh, while you're at it, though, you may want to get into the Trails games. <laughs> I was going to say that's, that sounds like about three Trails games. Yeah, you're on the order of the time on the Trails games. I will say uh, Zero is a longer game, um, but Kiwami 1 and Kiwami 2, the story is relatively short. They are not long games. You could easily finish those two games, like the main story parts of them, pretty fast if you wanted. I think that... Under, under 20 hours each, probably. I think I'd definitely prioritize this over trails. No offense to the trails likers. Oh, no, no. no. It, it's just the joke that there's like so much in those games. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the The nice thing about the Yakuza games is that, you know, or in these, the Like a Dragon games, is that so much of it is side stuff. It's like, do you want to get like good scores on all your karaoke songs to get more points? Well, like, yes, obviously. But, like, do you actually need to do that in order to continue the main story? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> do you need to buy every real estate item, you know, in order to make the most money for your corporation to fight the four kings of real estate to do, you know, all the, like, weird side quest stuff there? Totally don't need to. <laughs> but it's fun. <laughs> and like Those battles are cool and the items you get are really sweet. But, like, that doesn't... The main story is completely, like, you know, off the side of that and you know, they kind of are like, oh, I should go like, you know, come back to this later. That's like code for go do a couple side quests and come back, you know. So I, I really think people would like those games. So I, I hope that you do get into it eventually when you have time, Andy. Yeah. 
go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, speaking of getting people back, uh, did you hear Hearthstone's trying to get people back in the most? I saw they put out a, they saw they put out a thing. They're like, uh-huh. Hey, it's our anniversary. We're doing a thing. Do you know what the like, thing includes? No. Uh, they're retooling the core set again. And cards like Leroy Jenkins are back. They redo the core set like every year. So that's not like necessarily <laughs> that interesting. <laughs> Although bringing back Leroy is a cl- clear appeal to the old people. Yeah. Uh, that is very funny. Is it? Is it literally like we're bringing back all the, your old favorite cards? Oh, yeah. It's things like air totems and fiery war axes and all the things that like they had so much trouble balancing. Oh, cool. That's like, <laughs> gotta be, that's going to be nice and balanced. I'm sure. Yeah. This many years later. Well, you know what? Maybe that maybe, uh, the world of Hearthstone has been power crept enough that those things aren't, uh, as destructive as they were. Right. Right. I'll tell you, uh, the world of Magic the Gathering has been power crept that much. If you really want to, like, go down a rabbit hole, like, they have power crept the crap out of every card you thought was good in the past. <laughs> Except for, like, you know, your Black Lotuses and your, like, two mana take another turn spells. <laughs> like, other than that stuff that's just, like, was a mistake to print in the first place, they have power crept the crap out of every creature and spell you thought was ever good in Magic at this point. I think. So it, that game can only continue on if they continue to power creep themselves out. I think they have gotten into you know, not to turn this into a Magic the Gathering podcast, but I think Wizards of the Coast has got themselves to a point where like no one is going to buy the new cards unless they're super powerful. Mm. That's a dangerous zone to be in because now that they're doing like universes beyond stuff where like they're doing Lord of the Rings sets, they had a Doctor Who set, you know, they're doing all this kind of stuff. They're not going to be able to keep moving numbers like Lord of the Rings did unless they're really juicing it, you know? Like the people that are there for Magic the Gathering, part of Magic the Gathering, aren't buying the cards unless they're bangers. (laughs) So it's... uh. You wonder, is this the like, is this the whirlpool before the death spiral? You know, the reset button. Yeah, I I wonder what they do. You know, so all right. Uh, I'm sorry you had to uh, witten witness our depraved uh, cardboard musings, Michael. Oh, that's quite all right. Uh, if folks want to get at us, though, with information about their own depraved cardboard musings, uh, where can they send that? They can send that to podcast at wewergamers.com. Uh, tell us how Wizards of the Coast can get themselves off the treadmill. Maybe tell Wizards of the Coast, too, because I feel like they might need some good advice. <laughs> yeah, they could use the help. Uh, we we don't need your help, but we do always appreciate good advice. So if you got some of that, send that to us, too. Uh, we're on social cool. media, but, you know find us out there yeah or leave your advice as a comment on one of our youtube videos we always appreciate that that is it for sure uh you know engage hashtag engagement uh on all that stuff you know like comment subscribe
I don't have a good outro. <laughs> uh, I thought of mine too late, which was engage with us like the internet wishes Kelsey had engaged Taylor Swift. It's too soon, though, right? Like, that's... You know, people like that don't have to get married. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is the thing... If if anything, like... Probably shouldn't get married. Yeah, financially, right? It seems like a risk for her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't think uh, normies like us understand what it would mean to be married for them. Yeah, so, the tax you know, code is... Just uh, take it easy, everybody. Fickle mistress, so, you know. <laughs> hey, get your taxes done. It's about that time. Uh, you got time still. Okay, At least well, when it's the week before the filing deadline and you're you're complaining, Andrew, I'm going to point you to this podcast here. <laughs> it's only a problem if you owe them money. That's a fair point. Is this Christian Horner thing actually going to blow up into something? I really don't want off-season F1 news. Uh, Andrew, bro. <laughs> off-season F1 news. Friggin' Lewis Hamilton moving to Ferrari. We kind of, like, missed the boat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I think but he's not, not going to come. He's not moving not to Ferrari for a whole other year. We have a whole year to report that news. Uh, sure. Yeah. I don't think the Christian Horner stuff is going to turn into anything. I think it's going to be a, like, he's going to issue some kind of apology and, you know, they'll dock him a week's pay or something. It doesn't sound like it was like, it doesn't sound like it's one of those things where it's like, uh oh, you, you know, it's all weird because it's following, like, clearly it's someone in the UK or something because it's all following like UK weird rules of like, they're not reporting the names. They're not reporting what happened. They're not putting the story out there which is what would happen if this happened in America. So it clearly is, who knows? I don't know what it is. It's, cl- it's clearly something's going on, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with you that I don't think it's going to turn into anything. But yeah, F1 uh, testing starts in a couple weeks. Next week, maybe? And the first race is like the week after that. Really? Yeah, I think so. I thought I it started get, in March. I think we get racing the first weekend of March. Oh, okay. So it is March. That's like three weeks away. Uh, today is the 12th, and February is a short month. Stop it. It's almost time for baseball again, too. Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm, pitchers mm-hmm. and catchers report the end of the month. Yeah, Bahrain is March, too. Yep. Jeepers. Does that mean yeah, I got to re... Weeks, basically. Uh, do I have to re-up my F1 subscription? I think I do. If you want to watch those... Uh... Those uh, races, yeah. I may not. I may wait to see if it's... Like I did last year, I just bought it the weekend I actually needed it, you know? Yeah, they don't run sales on it too frequently anymore, I think, so you're probably safe to do that. Yeah. Yeah.